Hey everybody, it's Off the Cuff with JJ and Roberto. And, you know, just getting right into this, the reason we name this podcast Off the Cuff is basically... You know, I'll come in to see JJ while he's on the air on WOMC, and uh, we'll run into each other in the hall. Say, "Hey, what do you think about this idea, that idea?" And then, you know, we'll time up for a minute, but then we stop because we, when we when we come in here is where we're really gonna, you know, blab about whatever subject we're gonna talk about. Right. Well, the truth of the matter, Alberto, is we named the podcast off the cuff is because we don't like to work, and if it was anything else, we'd have to go home, do research, read. We don't like to do any of that stuff, so it's all stream of consciousness. Exactly. Top of the head. Off the cuff. That's right. So the other day I go in to see JJ and I and I, and I said one of the most dirtiest, filthy words to him <laughs> that have ever been uttered. It's a five-letter word and it's called... No, don't say it. Disco. <laughs> so, you know, and the reason I got on that, I don't know, I've been on this weird kick lately. I told you that I was watching Saturday Night Fever, was on cable the other night. Hey, what's and the matter then, with you? I don't know. When's then, the last time you had a checkup? Yeah, and then, you know, and also it's, it's, it's we're really close to, we just past the, the anniversary of July 12th, 1979. Yeah. Disco was, Demolition. Right. At Comiskey Park. It was mm-hmm. Disco Demolition Night put together by a, a disc jockey and a radio station. Well, it was Steve Dahl, actually. And uh, I'll tell you the story about Steve Dahl. At the time, he was my morning guy. I was the program director of WWW in Detroit. Steve got an offer to go to Chicago as program director, and I was doing afternoons at the time as well. It was my job to find his replacement, so I temporarily filled in, and here it is 40-some years later, and we're still looking for a replacement. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, he goes to Chicago, and about that same time, we all, all over the country, were inundated with this disco nonsense he picked up on the trend, um, had sort of an anti-disco bent to his show, although since he was in Chicago doing mornings, I was doing mornings there. I never got to hear much of it other than the big explosion, no pun intended, when they did this disco demolition where they had listeners bring in all these albums. They piled them up in a big pile in the middle of the outfield at Comiskey <laughs> Park, set them on fire. TNT what were they thinking for crying out loud? And in fact, if you don't know the story entirely, although most people here in Detroit probably do because they're familiar with Steve Dahl, uh, it didn't end well. No. Uh, matter of fact, it there, was a double header. Well, there was a double header, and it was the Tigers playing Chicago. And, in fact, things got so out of hand, it was forfeited, and Chicago loses the game to Detroit without a pitch being thrown. Wow. So, and basically because the the outfield was such a mess with all these records and, and, well, and there were ruined people the grass everywhere. and people rioting, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, there was just, it was a civil disobedience and they couldn't play baseball <laughs> oh, in man. the face of it, yeah. So what you're saying, though, is basically at that time, there was a real hard line drawn of either you are a rock and roll guy or you are a disco guy. That's right. Rarely did the two ever twine where you would say, "Hey, man, I really like you know, I, I really like the Eagles and Bob Seger, but I also like uh, no. the Earth, Wind, and no, Fire and the Bee Gees no, and no, Chic. No, no, <laughs> and it the was village people. it was black or white. Uh, it was A or B. Uh, there was uh, it was a binary choice. So you- I, I would you know doing some research. I, I think. I would say that the the 
the real time period of disco being huge would be maybe like 74 to 80. Yeah, that's 74. I think more like 78. Well, well, it was later but, but than 74, that. 74, 75, you had like Hughes Corporation rock the boat, and you had these okay. ones kind of setting the scene right. for, for guys like Sheik. That's and, fine. And, 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 but it wasn't really called disco then. It was more uh, dance music. Right, so then you know we got labeled with that somehow because of the disco tax, right? That was the name of the Correct. nightclubs. That's and right. Kind of picked that up. So, in, in and then it became a whole category of music in Detroit radio. Though before there were any disco stations per se, what would have been the prominent mm. dominant formats mm. in those stations? Probably uh, adult contemporary. I like to call uh, light in the loafers music. <laughs> What would they play? Like uh, I don't know. You know more about Debbie that than Boone. me. I was listening to rock. You tell me. You're the one that came up with Debbie yet? Boone, so you apparently are more Maybe familiar like, uh, with this than Cross or I had ever guessed, Roberto. Yeah. I'm watching Saturday Night Fever. I'm listening to Debbie Boone. What the hell's going on here? So there's a great story. Uh, we, uh, when we were at W4 in the morning, my partner George Byer and I were talking about uh, this one day, and we thought, okay... Well, we should have like our own little, you know, we're talking about this every day, so we may as well form our own little club. And we came up with the stupidest idea maybe we've ever had, <laughs> and, and it was called the Disco Ducks Clan. And that lasted about 12 seconds. And when we realized, wait a minute, you can't use the word clan in any way, shape, or form. Right. And so we abandoned that and came up with a different organization known as Dread. Like, you know, the Get Smart show, right? right. Uh, everything had an acronym. Well, Dread was Detroit Rockers Engaged in the Abolition of Disco. <laughs> we had a logo. The logo was the Saturday Night Cleaver. Oh, and it was uh, and it was a disco record with a, a cartoon caricature of a cleaver cleaving the record in half. And we actually had membership cards and Tim Roberts, who is our program director, operations manager here for all of our music stations at Entercom, he actually worked for us at the time. He was uh, an intern slash uh, promo guy, and he was responsible for sending out the uh, dread cards to our listeners. Back in those days, it was old snail mail, and it was uh, send us a self-addressed stamped envelope. He would stuff a dread card in the envelope and ship it back to uh, our listeners. He claims that he sent out 400,000 of them. Jeez. That's what he said. I That number is staggering to me, but who knows? Everywhere I go, even today, 40 years later, people whip out their dread card and show <laughs> it to me. Well, yeah, it's weird. You know, when, we, when you talk about that, it reminds me of... Uh, in the early 2000s, NBC aired a show for one season called Freaks and Geeks. And it, it took place in the year 1980, and it was in the metro Detroit area. Mm. So they would name a lot of these like local things. And one of the things, and night was the big thing, was that either some guys were like, they were like the disco guys, yep. or you were like the stoner, burnout rock guys. <laughs> well, all right. I got to circle back to the story about the radio stations because. Having done this, and we worked for a small independent company at W4, but we were uh, lighting things on fire back in those days. It was great. And there was a guy, I think his name was Ed Christian, who ran the uh, the station, I think it was NIC at the time, was going to be uh, all disco. That We were wow. going wall to wall. It was going to be the disco station. And all of a sudden, you got us, and we have an army of people. I mean, a virtual <laughs> army of yeah. dread people who were sworn enemies of disco. And it was a huge thing. 
it impacted their station and their ratings so much, he called our station and our general manager one day and just lost his mind. <laughs> We're ruining his business. We're putting his radio station out of business. Wow. And we were like, eh, too bad. Change formats, dude. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, we'll ship you over some rock records if you need some help. Speaking of that, though, disco did make such an impact that a lot of mainstream rock and rollers started to kind of cross over and, and want to make some disco records. Yeah. And, top of mind is my favorite band of all time, the Rolling Stones. They did some uh, little disco miss you, I guess, would be considered a kind of a disco record. And even before that, I would even say Hot Stuff is borderline. Yeah, maybe yeah a little there's bit. a few. And then, there's a and handful. And even after that, you had... Um, on emo- the song Emotional Rescue. Right. You had the song Dance that yeah. was on Emotional Rescue. You're making me nauseous. <laughs> I'm my favorite band. Songs. My favorite band, and you're trashing them. Well, I think what the Stones would happen at that time is they, you know, they're hanging out in Studio 54 all the time, yeah, yeah. and you know, they're hearing all this music, and everyone's digging it, that they were probably like, hey, you know, yeah. it might not be a bad idea to try and maybe do something, you know. Mick, it was a terrible idea. It, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you had Rod Stewart. Sure. Do you think I'm sexy? You had Kiss, I was made for loving you. Um, but there but there were some holdouts. Like, you never saw, like, Seeger never did a disco song, as no. far as I know. No. Uh, the Eagles never did. They even had a song called The Disco Strangler yes. on the long run. That was, right. like, anti-disco song, D- Exactly, right? yeah. So, so, still mostly separated into a couple of camps. Definitely. So, what do you think? Like the final death knell for disco was just it just oversaturated. Yes. Um, oh, wait a minute, because it was lousy music. Yeah, that was everything. Four, four on the floor, right? There was nothing there. It was an empty suit. So that's what happened to disco. Yeah, and I think. And so we effectively, other markets did great with disco radio stations, but we single-handedly killed it in the city of Detroit. Sure, there were clubs and people went to discos and danced and partied and did coke or whatever it was back in those days. Well, that but, was, yeah, that was the so, thing. That yeah, was the but thing, right? radio never took off here in Detroit. Any disco radio station never worked. They never amounted to really anything. But and, when the whole thing finally faded away... And uh, we still had this army of people out there that were our, you know, our supporters and uh, our friends. So we we decided we had these cards out there, hundreds of thousands of them. We thought, okay, well, what can we do with these cards now? (laughs) And we thought, well, why don't we hook up with advertisers, see if advertisers will offer discounts if you show the card, like a coupon, you know, you can take it into <laughs> Hungry Howie's or Buddy's right, right. or something like that and get 10% off a of pizza or whatever it was. Right, right. And we had all kinds of sponsors all over it. So we changed the acronym from Detroit Rockers Engaged in the Abolition of Disco to Detroit Rockers Engaged in the Acquisition of Discounts. So it was a whole club, and all these people could go to Harmony House Records and get a buck off a record or something like that. Well, mentioning record stores, that reminds me of like being a, you know, a vinyl collector and a fan of that all that stuff. That I it just kills me. Cause I I remember being a kid, you know, three or four years old in the early '80s, and and, and remembering the cutout bins yeah. of all the disco albums and all <laughs> and all the stuff that we're going to ship back. That you you could buy mint sealed records for under a dollar at yes. one point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what does that tell you, Roberto? And today they sell for those same records sell for thirty dollars a piece. Well, in some cases, unbelievable the rarities. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, back in those days, though, it was uh, we had so much fun with it on the air. We would get our listeners 
to rat out their friends who are listening to disco. <laughs> so they'd call us. They would give us their friend's name and number, and then we would call the friend and electrocute them on the air <laughs> with something called the chair. Oh, my God. And we even had some guy, a listener, built an electric chair for us. It was the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, shoot, the, the guy in Florida who got electrocuted back then, it was a big controversial thing. Would it have like a disco ball on no, it? No, 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 it didn't. <laughs> no. Uh, shoot, that was the the name of the chair, though, and I can't remember the guy's name right now. I'll think of it in a second. But uh, What was it called? The Quaalude chair? <laughs> <laughs> they... Uh, we would call them, and it was all good-hearted fun, and you know the people on the other end knew what was going on, and most of them were embarrassed to have been busted. Sure. So we call them up, put them on the air, and then the final, the final, uh, the final thing was that we pulled the trigger on this chair. We had this great sound of like electric bolts, like a Jacob's ladder going off. <laughs> sounded like the electric chair, and they'd play along and start screaming in agony on the phone. I think you know, and then we mentioned bands that would step into a little bit to disco now there are a few there's only a few that outlived disco and and were able to leave it alone but they were popular there. i think donna summer had some hits after uh definitely earth wind and fire michael jackson cool in the gang oh, yeah. so there, there were some that went into it but then <laughs> were able to leave it behind rolling but, stones yeah they they they, they survived it they, they survived did it. <laughs> even though they stuck their toe in the water yeah. uh it probably had to be amputated but at least they can still walk and talk but and think sing. about it, it was probably a right business move like the, like the saturday night fever soundtrack was selling like eight billion copies and you the know movie, what i mean i mean the, the I dance mean, movies geez. were really popular at that time of course all of that stuff oh, yeah, yeah thank god it's friday that was one of those movies right i don't um, know that one i think they had like the village people only you stuff. you were like an encyclopedia <laughs> Wikipedia of Nonsense. horse manure. In this case, with disco and all. No, your- in many music cases, you know. Okay. I, my thing is that I, I was always attracted to the albums that sold the least. Well, that's <laughs> I don't know weird why. in itself. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to even say to that. It's ridiculous. Uh, isn't it, it is. Yes. So yeah. So you asked me what my favorite Rolling Stone albums is. I'm going to tell you, Emotional Rescue. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do with you? But all of that having been said. Isn't it ironic that here I sit, Captain Dredd, uh, <laughs> at WOMC, where we host uh, yeah. a Saturday night dance party That's from right. 10 to midnight every Saturday night, hosted by Bo Daniels, live in a disco nightclub, staying alive out in Nova. Well, nostalgia is key, and, and, and all those stories of the disco times in Studio 54 start becoming legendary, and people want to relive that because they weren't there, like me. I did not get to experience. So, locally, though... Would, would the rock stations do appearances in disco clubs, or there was a total separation no, of either? No, 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 no. And, and, and did, the, did the disco in clubs? In fact, if I ever went into a disco because some girl I liked wanted to take me there, I had to wear a disguise. Yeah. You'd have to, like, put your hair wig, up. Yeah, wig. I didn't have a beard at the time, so I had a fake beard, fake glasses, all of that suit? stuff. Would yeah. you wear the polyester suit? <laughs> no, I, I never had one of those, thank God. But now that I sit here and think about this uh, dance party a Saturday night, here's an electrical plug. Will you stick that? I'm, a car- I'm a- holding the other end in my teeth. Will you Will you plug this in the wall for me? I can get myself the chair. Well, I think you should go to one of those, and maybe it would be uh... – a nice experience to relive some of the. Uh, I might because Bo tells me the yeah. chicks are hot. So that's what I, well, that was always the case with disco, though. Yes, no it one was. can ever take that away yes, from it. Yes, it was. So, 
All righty, well, I'm going to go watch Saturday Night Fever again, and uh, I'll send you some links so you can watch it too. <laughs> and uh, we'll compare notes on Saturday Night Fever on the next show. Yeah, send me uh, salmonella instead, will you? <laughs> right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.